0: Welcome to the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking. I'm Suzy Votello, your host, and you're listening to episode 130. Three, two, one. So, we're going to have a conversation uh, with Max Schlesser from Melbourne, Australia. Max has been a good friend of ours for many years. Uh, we met Max uh, right before our film festival's uh, first it, uh, edition, our inaugural film festival, which took place in 2012. Um, and it was probably around 2011. So we go back many years. Um, one thing to note is that Max is, uh, is an instructor at, uh, at Melbourne. When I met him, he was in New, Ze- in New Zealand. As an instructor, as well. Uh, But Max is more of an experimental filmmaker, uh, uh, you know, not so much into the cinematic uh, narrative filmmaking as a lot of you are and what we talk about here. But um, I thought he would be a great uh, colleague to bring on board to share, uh, as a pioneer, uh, a conversation about. Some of the news making rounds in the mobile filmmaking community, and that being uh, the news with Filmic Pro. So, without f- further ado, uh, let's go and talk to Max. Hey everyone, all right, I'm here with Max Schlesser. Max is in Melbourne, Australia. Max, how are you today?
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, how are you?
0: I'm doing great, you know, in uh, in the middle of Mordor right here with the Lord of the Rings heat wave. <laughs> are you guys having a heat wave there, or are you completely into with the winter now?
1: Spring. I think it was the first day of spring just about That's to right. start.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, that sounds good. Uh, speaking of springing, let's bring right into our conversation. <laughs> um, so we've. Uh, You know, you and I met way back in, I think it was around 2011. Um, And you, you know, today, I don't know if you realize, oh, I think you do by now, but um, what happened was today is the anniversary of when we launched our mobile film school together. Uh, Max, you remember those days?
1: Yes, totally. Back in 2013, (laughs) I just retweeted uh, the picture. Um, great- in
0: 2012, yeah, we launched it in 2012, and then in 2013, it was on Valentine's weekend, in February 13th through I think it was like the the 15th. Uh, we you know we met in person and held our kickoff masterclass. Yeah, it was great. Um, so so back in those days uh, when we met in in. Er- Either late 2000, I think it was in 2011 because I think it was about the same time as our good friend Conrad Mess submitted uh, The Fixer to us, which was a cinematic film. And one of the cool things about you bringing you into the mobile film school was that you were experimental and you were already an instructor at Massey University in New Zealand. I can't believe I remember that. Um, yep. But yeah but you brought the experimental and the documentary filmmaking to the to the film school um and and by the way guys it's unaccredited like it wasn't a film school where you could get school credits for <laughs> it wasn't like that um and then what um, what conrad did was he brought the cinematic you know movie making aspect to the film school uh so that was really that was those were the good days huh
1: yeah, well, uh, finally, now I've got also the the key text written for the film school, right? Which is smartphone Film yeah. Making Theory and Practice. The yeah. book is finally out wow. now last year. And it's of documents, all that happened in the last 10 years um, or even longer. Yeah. So, which is yeah. uh, amazing to see. And, you know, still going very strong, which is uh, very exciting.
0: It is. It, re- it is. And, and there are more people. I remember uh, you were giving a presentation in 2014, actually, when you came back. You believe that, guys? He came back. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember you had a map, and you pinpointed all the f- mobile film festivals around the world, and there were like maybe seven or eight of them at that time. So that was very interesting. So, Max, um, I want to share um, some good words about that from one of our uh, the other pioneers during the same era. Uh, that helped mobile filmmaking become what it is today, which is pretty much a mainstream viable option, which now includes not only professional filmmakers, but also uh, filmmakers that don't have any funding or anything like that. And that was our our friend, uh, Neil Barham and uh, Filmic Pro. And, um one of the things that I that I wanted to do is you know I wanted to share the story of filmic pro um, for what we know over this week uh, filmic pro was acquired by a company and uh, they've now they're now moving towards um, a subscription based uh, app and one of the things that I wanted to talk about with you and share with our listeners is that filmic, Pro uh, did establish higher standards for mobile filmmaking that really helped um, this community a lot. Would you like to share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. With um, I think the, everyone that worked in uh, smartphone filmmaking or back in the days in the mobile filmmaking world would work with Filmic Pro, and it's been fantastic to see the development. I mean, if you look on the um, the Twitter feed, just because so you, you posted a picture from the from the film smartphone or mobile filmmaking workshop in 2013, where you can see the, the app what it looked like in 2013. It's gone a long way from, since then, but I think it was you know right from the beginning uh, an app that teaches the basics of cinematics was very accessible. And, you know the the interface developed a lot, so it's just become also like you know very high end. I mean they've made no to to become Apple's App of the Year, which is really amazing to see. And it, I think the beauty thing about uh, Filmic Pro is really the beautiful thing <laughs> is that it um, <laughs> cut across whether you would have, in, in you know, the Hollywood filmmaker, Steven Soderbergh, or the big independent filmmaker, um, Sean Baker, or you had, um, you know, here in, in Melbourne, Darcy Will, who made the feature One Punch. You know, everyone has been using that app. We've been used, teaching it in our um, at Swinburne University of Technology in our experimental screen production class. Uh, X ex- three experimental, yes, experimental screen production class where we produce an experimental smartphone film. And I've been using it in lots of lots of workshops, with the communities, some some more workshops that you know things like St Kilda Film Festival, more working with professionals because it sort of could do both. You could, you know, have an an basic introduction to this is what you need to learn about cinematography to step up all the way to some, you know, very high end with a cinematographer's pack and the lock modes. some more advanced functionalities. And so I think, yeah, I think they've just been doing very well in the last years to to support what is happening in the smartphone filmmaking world. They, of course, also have developed really on the technical side of things. So how the phone gets more out of the image that it captures through you know their yeah computational processing and of the, the um the back end. So I think they've they deserve lots of credit for the fantastic work they've been doing over the last years.
0: Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that I think is really important, and not to forget that it was Filmic Pro as one of the pioneers in this industry. Another pioneer was you know you mentioned Sean Baker was Moondog Labs with the first anamorphic lens you know, for, uh, for that as well. So all these things together helped to bring, you know, mobile filmmakers to par, basically, with um, independent professional filmmakers because the quality of their films was great. And I think that the simplicity of the Filmic Pro interface, right, uh, with all the you know I, I'm I know all apps have quirks and updates and things like that um, I definitely would not want to be an app developer but one of the things that it did is it I mean I, I feel like um, you know you were talking about the original app version that we were using it basically had I think it was like white balance. Um, and it had the, you know, the ability to lock focus and exposure. And I think that was pretty much it along with, uh, being able to, to, you know, the, the audio levels, you know, to, to do that as well. Um, and then I remember it wasn't that long after that, that Apple, uh, I got an Apple, uh, update on my phone. It, and it was on the iPhone 4S, you know, and it's, it said, okay, now you can lock focus and exposure, which was the features that Filmic Pro was already, um, including. And by that time they had included even more features, you know, as well. So I think they really helped, uh, with the, the evolution, you know, of mobile filmmaking. And and I think that's wonderful. and. I mean, I know they were bought by another company. I don't think they have that much control over what uh, what they're able to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they, they have there's so many innovations that they've introduced, you know, if you think about the remote control app, which I think is really fantastic. Um, they have worked with a cinematography kit, but they have also really like um worked a lot on the technical side so how you can like film in higher bit rates so that you get even more image quality. So they have done quite a bit on the on the technical side of things as well, where you get more out of the Filmic Pro app than you get out of the standard app. So, I mean, and these are like, you know, quite complex technical deck things that, you know, as a filmmaker, I sort of, you know, we know about this sort of a bit, but we, we just use it because it's great. And so, um, which I think, of course, was and it
0: helps with color grading. You know, the log format is very good for color grading.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- th- there are so many features that um, you can choose. Um, I mean, the, the, the lock format, of course, it gives you more dynamic range, so you can then work with uh, some you know, post-production workflows. But it has also done lots of things in terms of like you know the, the, the frame rates or you know the, the high-speed frame rates and the, um, the, the different aspect ratios. what you need to work with um, And the filmic extreme, of course, um, has you know 150 megabytes of encoding at 4K. So, which I think is like, it, it bumps up what your standard iOS or standard Android device would allow you to 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 work with. And so, yes, I think lots of things that you've just come, you know, very, very accustomed to. Um, the next thing that I wanted to do with Filmic was to try out all the, the, the frame I.O. integration, which seems really fantastic for a complete cloud-based workflow. So, that mm-hmm. you can film, upload to the cloud, and then import it to... You know, however you want to do your editing, um, whether that's on a device or whether that's um, you know on on a desktop. Um, so, which I think is yeah, it's a really fantastic opportunity.
0: Yeah, and things you know, things around the app itself have changed so much. Like you were just talking about uploading to the cloud, where back back in our day, boy, do you, I, I hope I'm not making you feel old. I'm starting to make myself feel old here. Um, we were just kids when we started this, Max. Uh, but the the internet service uh, when you went out when you were out mobile on location somewhere wasn't that great. Um, so it would it would take a long time to upload anything, even to the cloud on Apple. You know what I mean? But now you know there's there's four G, five G, um, Wi Fi service is is more um available accessible uh remember when we were in 2013 remember we went to uh starbucks uh to um to work and upload the the little film that we made as well um do you still have that program 24 frames uh was it called 24 hours or something Uh, like that
1: well we had to stop but i mean it was a collaborative project 24 frames 24 hours so um you know, at some point, you sort of project just stop. But the way that the film has an endpoint, yeah. and so um, uh, the, the website is no longer online, but there's some great um, videos online on, on my YouTube channel. Well, we've done another project with some colleagues, which is called Viewfinders. Um, but I think the, the great thing about smartphone filmmaking is that you can, you know, you can do it in the pro version, but you can also go with a very light. Version, so to say. So you know, when people ask me at all, all these different talks, or like you know, students, they ask me what is the best camera to use for a smartphone film. My answer is always the one that you've got in your pocket. So it's exactly. not. Exactly. It's not about the having the latest iPhone. Yes, of course, we are all geeks and we try to get it at some time when we can, because it's quite amazing to see the cinematographic mode and see what the, the what happens in, in the camera spec. But you know, you can also use some. Not the latest iPhone, an Android phone, and you know, I mean, it's a very dynamic space, anyhow, because it's got like some other, you know, Sony, which has made phones for, has made cameras for a long time, has done um, some quite nice phones. Now, I mean, I've started to work with the Sony Xperia quite early on when it had like an, a sort of lens you could use that you could use with 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 some. Wi-Fi with with a mobile Wi-Fi, you would just hold the lens in your hand, and so I found that that was like really quite interesting in a way. But I mean, it, it, this is like a very dynamic space, and of course, it's always changing very swiftly because that's part of being that innovation space where the technology keeps pushing. And I think we will just see you know what happens. A lot of these um smartphones, for instance, that come from Asia, that there's lots more in the AI work in the AI world happening, so where lots of the phones will make lots of decisions for you about what is a good exposure, what is a good, uh, you know, to keep your image in focus and so I think we will see more from um, a computational workflow in smartphone filmmaking as well because smartphones are just so connected of course to the net and uh, it's part of what's happening in the, you know, social media world and so yeah, I mean I think The the, the great thing about smartphone filmmaking is you can really capture all these things really from starting, making a film with your friends, borrowing someone's phone, to really thinking about what is a very cutting edge, very high-end professional workflow. I mean, you know, no film has to be in 4K, but if you've got the capacity to do it, and if you think about an appropriate distribution format, then of course you could do it. And so I think that's the beauty about smartphone filmmaking, that now, not every film has to be a smartphone film, but there are some advantages that you have for smartphones over traditional cameras. And so that sort of filters down to the same level of when you make a mobile film, it's just about a decision. What kind of gear would you need? What kind of extras? What kind of add-ons do you need? And then what kind of camera app do you need for producing your project?
0: But I think the, the most important part, and, and I'm, I'm always constantly preaching this, um, isn't really the apps and the gear and stuff, because sometimes you're overthinking, you know, how are going to make a film with your smartphone? I think the most important part is to put a really good story together that you can tell as a film, right? And shape that fully before uh, you go out and invest on gear and apps and things like that. And then that way you have the investment. I don't think uh, a mobile filmmaker starting out is really going to need Filmic Pro or, or anything like that. I think that people who come from the professional filmmaking world, I think that Filmic Pro has enabled them. To make that choice and say, well, I will try it because I hear so much about this app, Filmic Pro, that I can bring, I, I, can, I can test it. But they were really negative until they found out about that, right?
1: Well, I mean, for me personally, I think is that uh, what I quite liked about Filmic Pro that, of course, at that time when it came in, they could do these things mm-hmm. that you couldn't do with a native camera phone app, which is switch away from an automatic control and have a manual control. So I'm an experimental filmmaker, so sometimes I choose the shutter speed or I choose uh, an ISO that is quite unconventional, but I do this for a particular reason and I want to evoke a certain experience or emotion through the way that I use these cinematographic choices. And for me, smartphone filmmaking is about having the capacity to, to make a film anytime when you want to. Because if you see an image that is that is part of your project, you could you could film it. And so that could sort of become maybe not the sort of traditional script to screen format. You can go back and do some other filming and do some editing. And so it's a bit more, I think, experimental in that, that respect, how you come up with your, your your story or your experience. But what I quite like and is even that for
0: documentaries, even for documentaries, the image, uh, the quality of the image is a little more forgiving than it is for narrative film, right from cinematic films.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it, there's not one size fits all solution. I mean, like even like someone like Steven Soderbergh was, you know, criticized for his image is not being too crisp, you know. But he, of course, had uh, you know heaps of post production happening. If you look at the film credits, um, but I think it's it's about understanding what the story tries to achieve and how the visuals can evoke that experience and in, in work in sync with what you, you're trying to achieve. And for me, it's about like having some manual control over these, you know, cinematographic choice that you want to do. So same way that I wouldn't have an automated editing system to edit my film. So I don't want like an automated camera system to choose my my framing or my um, image uh, exposure. Right, right. And so, you know, there's some things when people say, oh, you can't capture low light images over a phone. And I'm like, with oh, a smartphone. And I'm like, well, no, if you've got, the ability to choose your eyes so wisely. You just need to bring more light to the scene, and then you can do these things. So being very mobile, you just move the scene to where the light is. And so it's just right? about being very, <laughs> being very smart with all these different choices.
0: Creative, it's creativity. Creative. Yes. Um, yes. And especially, again, you know, uh, so for our listeners, Max comes from a very experimental filmmaking background, and, and you're also teaching that as well. Um, but... Uh, for people who want to make you know narrative films and make serious films, listen, I just because um, I know you have to go um, and I, I want to end this on a, on a really high note basically for our listeners uh, that we can bring some positivity to them uh, because I know a lot of filmmakers are quite upset. The thing is for if you're starting out, right, uh, on mobile filmmaking, and you just, you've been hearing a lot about, oh, Filmic Pro, Filmic Pro, and all of this, just know there are some alternatives out there that are uh, comparable, and because of of what is happening, and people, some people are going to be moving away from Filmic Pro, um, that doesn't mean they're going to stop making movies, and I think there's going to be some companies that will come out and fill that void, basically, but, um, But on a positive note, I don't think that you, I want to let you know that there is a lot of hope in mobile filmmaking just with a native camera per se. Um, That you can make some outstanding films if you play just with your native camera and experiment uh, like Max does without even an app for right now because you may be surprised, and it might you may inspire yourself if you do that, if you're willing to do that um, and, and make some films using that, at least for now. But just know that other companies and other, and other apps are going to come out and they're gonna come forward and you're gonna hear about them because uh, I will do some research, Max will do some research, you know, and uh, people in this industry will do research and we will share those with you. Right, Max?
1: Yes, I mean, of course, the the, the mobile filmmaking community, I think is all about sharing and people Mm -hmm. showcasing their experiments and showcasing their ideas or asking for feedback about things. I think it's a very open community, really. And I would be surprised if not lots of people already jumped online to see what other apps are out there. I mean, there's a number of apps that we like always for workshops or for teaching my students. I recommend when they don't have the latest Android device. and so there's lots of there's lots of opportunities out there so that 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 will enable you to to make you know another great film. and I mean making a film is all about practicing when once you find the app that you like, you know you can sort of practice a bit more with that app and that will then help you then before you start to decide to make a, a short film to go out and do that. and so I, I think it's, um, yeah, it's just one of these uh, times when you know, people have to now do a bit more you know, innovative approach and look what are the alternatives are. And I'm sure there will be lots of great tutorials online um, out there. I'm working on some already at the moment, which um, you will see on my Twitter or like my Instagram channel or Mina's Instagram channel very soon. So Mina is the Mobile Innovation Network Association. Um at Mina Mobile. so um, got some many tips and tricks out there on smartphone filmmaking. And so yeah, we will introduce more tips and tricks with all kinds of other things. So that's yeah, I think that's that's part of what what can be done totally.
0: Yeah, and I and I want to let our listeners know i I want to thank you, Max, for being on the podcast. We're very short notice. I feel like we're doing a a news segment here trying to uh (laughs) ease our listeners and people in the community uh but follow uh max it's uh max mobile on twitter and it's the same on instagram right yep and then what is it on uh facebook it's just Just max lesser
1: yep that's just me okay um
0: all right yeah any last words
1: no, just um, I think, you know, make more films and submit them to all the, the smartphone film festivals and keep practicing, and you know, we'll all get there. And I'm sure there's like lots of people that were a bit surprised by these announcements, you know, as we all were. But, um, you know, there's lots of options. You just need to look for them. And so, um.
0: Yeah. And back when we started out, there wasn't there wasn't even a way to, you know, control a microphone into our phones. I remember I spent days, you know, before I found, you know, the iRig, uh, pre, which was, uh, able to hook up, uh, an XLR. So just know that it, maybe things are not as easy because there's this set app that everybody gets and everybody knows that'll work and and then you can move on. But, you know, it's amazing. You know, when I go searching for something, uh, in my own house, right? And I opened drawers and all these things and then I found some other f- interesting things uh, that I didn't know were there before. Well, the, so, the,
1: the best thing really which I think you can do is if you if you're experimental or if you sorry, if you're a smartphone filmmaker is come to a smartphone film festival. They're all around the world and that means you, you meet some people in the audience that might also be smartphone filmmakers and that's where all the the I think the great networking happens where people share their ideas. Of course, um, travel can sometimes be tricky, but of course, there's also, every festival has normally their own Facebook site or their own Twitter feed. And there's lots of great followers and lots of great conversations.
0: Yeah, speaking of that, Max, um, we we created for a film festival a platform uh, for newsletters and for our community. And we can also share videos and, and uh, a separate podcast and all those things. They're all geared around our film festival here in San Diego, because we know that... Not everybody can come down to San Diego, but it's very important to network and meet and connect with other people from around the world like people do when they come to our film festival, like the people you met that you're still connected to uh, in our film festivals. Um, And that is called internationalmobilefilmfestival.substack.com. And so go and go there, subscribe. I don't share the emails uh, with anyone, and uh, I respect everyone's privacy. But Max, go there and subscribe yourself because you know there's uh, th- threads for comments and things like that there, and that people can have conversations with you without going all the way out to Australia. <laughs> or uh, coming to our film festival <laughs> as well.
1: well. if you happen if you happen to be in Melbourne, come to Mina on the nineteenth of November. Oh, definitely. Um, and I leave you with that. Yes, um, make some films. Thank you, Susie. Um,
0: yes, and and by the way, I recommend uh, Mina. I've known Max and Mina for many years, and so and and it's one of the reasons why reasons why we connected to do this. Thank you very much. Say goodbye to our listeners, Max.
1: Yeah, bye-bye. Make some films. Hope to see your films on the big screen soon. Cheers, bye.
0: So I hope that you will share this episode of our podcast um, with your friends and your colleagues as well. And one thing to note is that, look, I I know everybody's upset, as you heard in my previous episode of the podcast, uh, 129. Uh, Mobile filmmaking has gone mainstream Uh, in many ways these changes do signify uh, good things Um, we just have to think more positively about them because you know what they say when one door closes another one opens Uh, but sometimes it just needs to be the door of our uh, creativity in our mind that we go back to researching and looking for new ways to achieve our goals. But uh, the camera that's coming out, actually, this month, uh, there's going to be an Apple event coming out uh, in in just a few days, actually. And they're going to talk about the new iPhone 14 and all these things. If you have the iPhone 13, uh, the 12, the 11, you have wonderful cameras already that you can make some great films with. And I just want to ease your pain somehow because, you know, I love you all. Uh, you're part of this growing mobile community and, um, I've been doing this since 2009 and had been, uh, wanting to do this, uh, for years before that. And so what I, what I want to share with you wholeheartedly is that I feel you and I have not been a part of the conversation online. Uh, and, uh, and and I've read a lot of the commentary around this, and I feel for you, uh, especially if you're just starting out. But I don't want you to be intimidated. I want you to be inspired, because uh, the things that are happening around mobile filmmaking are going to, uh, this isn't back in 2009, 2011, 2012. Uh, this is 2022, we're going into 2023. Uh, We've got amazing features on our iPhones and in the Android phones. They're continuing to compete with each other, and you will see a lot of wonderful features on the phones. Concentrate on your stories, on the films that you want to make, the messages that you want to send, um, and, and don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on this industry. And don't give up on me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to support you. You can reach out to me anytime you want to. All right. All that being said, goodbye, listeners.